0: Welcome to the kids like you, you and me podcast. We're here with JJ Gonson, owner of once ballroom and cuisine and locale, um, in Somerville, Massachusetts, A noted photographer. She has photographed bands such as Nirvana, Elliot Smith, black flag, Sonic youth, Jane's addiction, countless others. How's it going JJ?
1: It's going good. How are you? Yeah,
0: not too bad. Uh, I got out to walk a few times today and it was really nice and <laughs> very nice and warm. Happy spring. Yeah, absolutely. You too. Thanks. Yeah, so um, I I believe I, I met you once at at once in July of 2015. It was a Mr. Airplane Man, Mon- Monsoor's Party Pigs show. I don't know if you remember that one.
1: I, I remember, I remember... A few, a few Mr. Airplane Man shows. I think the Monsters only played once. Once, once, once. Once, <laughs> once, once. once.
0: Once at once. Cool. Um, it's funny, too. Every time I say, I, you know, it's like, I say, it's like I saw them once. At oh. once.
1: I know. <laughs> I know. I know it's an awful name. It stands for One Night Creative Event. And it worked really well when it was a pop-up. Which is what it all started as. It also it actually started as one night culinary events. It started as a food pop-up name. And it made a lot of sense then. And it it's just it's it rolled through because it had been what we called our performances and our presentations and all of our productions and everything for so long. So then the venue became called once, but I didn't I didn't really think it through.
2: <laughs> well, did, it, did anyone ever call it O N C E?
1: No, no. A bunch of people were like, "Once? <laughs> Why not? <Sure. laughs> right. But no, no. It was just always called once, but it was always written all caps because it actually does stand for one night creative event.
0: OK. That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, like, the, I like the name, and it definitely does stand out. Um,
1: you know what? If we can learn to call something TT, the Bears, we can learn to call something once. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: it Straight almost on. doesn't matter as long as it's a good place with a good vibe who cares what it's called Bunraddies? what did Bunraddies mean you know <laughs> like as long as it's got you just need something to call it to refer to it so it might as well be once
0: it's it's so true i think it is the same as the, even true with a lot of like great band names as well it, it's sure. not, right um sure. you know it's like the <laughs> yeah exactly yeah
1: what does that even mean pink Floyd? like
0: pfft. right um so and you're, you're a massachusetts native i am right so were you going to shows as a in, in boston as a kid as a teenager
1: yeah when i was um like all through all through like junior high and high school and college because I stayed, I stayed here for college. I stayed in Boston. So starting when I was like maybe, I mean, not like super young, but maybe like 15, 16, and all the way up until I graduated from college. I shot a lot of photos at shows in the 80s here. Because yes. I was a photography student. So I went to a ton of shows because I was shooting them.
0: Right. I saw online on your website, the slam dance book, <laughs> uh, your slam dance book of photos from the, all the the 80s hardcore bands. Yeah. Yeah, that was was awesome. Um, It just looks like, I'm already feel like I'm getting sweaty just looking at the photos.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When I did that show, I printed them really, really big, four by five foot. And um, it was really cool because when you were standing in the room, it was a huge room. So they almost didn't even look big because the room was so big and it was awesome. It was like, they were just all around you and you were sort of standing in this mosh pit. It came out really well. It was like 20 of them or something. Wow. Did
0: um, those kind of like experiences that make you want to get into starting your own venue?
1: Um, I never wanted to start a venue i started a venue by accident um i've got a ton of experience in managing and booking tours and marketing music and even production and some recording and a lot of like production in like being the person that kind of drives something to make it happen but um I rented the space that became once actually thinking I was going to do something different with it, but it didn't work. And what I know how to do is music so I just sort of did what I knew how to do. But it wasn't like I went there and said, Oh, I'm going to make this into a rock club. It kind of just happened. It's going to be really different this time because I'm actually looking for a space with the idea of turning it into a venue now and it's a very different way of thinking about things.
0: Right um yeah i just want to say also sorry to hear that the space the physical space was was closed me too yeah totally and uh yeah i mean the really great venue that you know even just beyond music with all the different events and like simpsons trivia
1: all that is transferable you know that's all that stuff it, it that's all about like the vibe and the programming and the kind of people that work there and the kind of people that want to go like all of that good feeling that's all stuff that I believe can travel with us I'm going to miss the gold ceilings and the chandeliers I was very fond of the gold ceilings and the chandeliers I love that space I think that space was just amazing so it's going to be I I kind of feel like it's just wherever we go it's going to be really different it's not the first space I've ever had I've made other spaces look great too so awesome but i am really i I, it really killed me to to have to leave
2: yeah yeah are are you actively hunting down spots now
1: yeah Mm -hmm. i'm actively looking for a spot awesome yeah yeah Yeah. so keep your fingers crossed it's going to take a little while we're going to do some pop-up because that's what we're you know that's what we've always done and um So I'm looking for some outdoor space to work in this summer to do some shows.
0: Okay, awesome. Yeah, that's, that's interesting that we're kind of curious right now. In general, we've, we've asked everyone, uh, well, we started this podcast, um, you know, almost a year ago. So it was in the middle of the pandemic. And we've, we've asked everyone, just about everyone we've had on, like, you know, when our show is going to return and like, what are they going to look like and everything. And, you know, as it's getting like warmer right now, you know, maybe with people doing stuff outside.
1: Yeah. I think that um, we're going to start having shows outside starting in June. And I predict that we're going to be inside having full-blown shows by October.
0: Mm, Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's (laughs) that's cool. We've, we've heard so many different perspectives. Some, some people are so optimistic that I've, I've heard as early as July indoors I I don't know if that's reasonable at all, probably not.
1: I think that we're going to have indoors very, very, I mean, the, the electric haze in Worcester had an indoor show on Friday. Oh, wow. Open on Friday. If you can get people six feet apart and you can keep the performers 25 feet from the audience, no singing, Um, And I believe that you have to, you you can only have people in the room for so long. Um, There's no intermission allowed. So there's all these rules. And if you can abide by all those rules, you can be open now, but most places it's not worth it because it's so expensive to open for a night. Like if once was able to open, obviously it's not, but if it were, the cost of opening that room for a night, there's no way that we could make it back in that scenario because people have to be sitting down. And so you have to have servers. You can't get people going to the bar. Like there's all kinds of reasons why it starts to get very expensive. But people are, legally you can do it if you follow the guidelines. If your town lets you, like, so the governor has said that places can do this, but then within the town, like Worcester obviously said it was okay, but Somerville has said no. Somerville and I think also Cambridge have said no, you can't do that. Oh, I see. But I think they will say that we can do it by midsummer. I do. Then the question of course is, will people go? And the answer right. is yes, because there's always been more than enough space, right? Or always been more than enough people. So. Let's say that uh, uh, the jungle opens and they can only sell 20 tickets because that's how many people they can get in the room or 25 tickets, they're gonna sell out probably very quickly. Mm. You know, these are pretty low numbers. The big question is what's gonna the the like the big question at sort of the level where people are talking about venues is what's gonna happen to the middle sized venues, the venues that have like a thousand, fifteen hundred people, because those venues are super expensive to open and they have to book really far out. So they're less flexible than the little venues. Little venues are pretty flexible. right? But those middle-sized venues and then the big, big, big venues, they book really far out anyway. So they're booking stuff for like two years from now. So they're in a whole different place because they'll probably be okay but there's this funny spot that like the middle size venues are finding themselves in. And they're the ones that are actually the most at risk right now. The like places, the size of like the Wang.
0: Right. Or right.
1: House of Blues.
0: Yeah. I saw there was like Dinosaur Jr. Uh He's playing House of Blues November 27th. Yeah. So maybe we'll see more stuff come along and you know um yeah. i think too with like hopefully with more people being vaccinated that should give you know some yeah. more hope for people to to uh you, you know things to open up more you know in, in a safe way and, and for people to feel safe to, to come sure. out
1: yeah definitely
0: yeah so at uh, some I, point, de-
1: their decision to make right like right If, unless we're going to actually be like card carrying, we were vaccinated so we can come in, one of the things that is going to look really different is liability insurance. Mm. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to go down, but you know, nobody was insured against this. Mm. Um, And commercial liability policies have exclusions for viruses. So nobody's commercial liability policy covered this. So huh. I don't know what that's gonna look like going forward, but that's something that like, are we liable for people if they come in and they get sick, what can they sue us? <laughs> I mean, I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying that they should like, obviously we need to be responsible, but it, you know, what does this all mean for like the responsibility of the venue owner? Right. It's really complicated.
0: It really is. Uh yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of those things that is so many things at least I could say that it's like I would have never even thought of. Yeah. Or like factors that you just don't think of necessarily. Um. Sure. Yeah, and uh I mean, as far as like sort of even with the outdoor shows, what you know, what would those look like, you think?
1: I so I've personally i mean i don't think people should be like breathing on each other but i personally think when you're outside you're pretty safe right if you're outside and you have a mask on and everybody with you has a mask on i do not think i'm not into the like eating and drinking around each other thing i think people should leave their masks on i actually think also like i don't know why we're not talking about singers leaving their masks on because i know that it's not perfect but it is better (laughs) you know so um Mm I uh I think that um outdoor is I I think people could be doing outdoor concerts as soon as there's they know that it's not going to rain and be cold
2: how do you think the one thing we're we're curious about as sort of amateur even though yeah I we're amateur show bookers ourselves you know we've always relied on different small venues and stuff like that we've never ventured into outdoors what what kind of logistically do you think that would look like for like a, a small time promoter no. who wanted to like venture into the outdoors with that in terms of you know cooperation with the city or different I don't know, things I don't
1: know. Like it could look like porch fest, right mm. it could look like yeah. somebody just out on their porch playing a show um I think that it depends what you want to do how loud you want to be is it private is it in your backyard or is it public Um, but you're right I mean it's it's definitely it's a whole new world Uh, what I want to do personally is I actually want to do like a show where there's a stage and it's ticketed and controlled that's what I'm interested in doing and because once has been virtual since last May. The other thing I'm interested in doing is a live stream of these shows so that there's actually another revenue stream. So we can actually ticket, so it's what they call a hybrid, right? We can actually ticket the live stream as well as the in-person experience.
0: Okay, that's smart.
1: The idea is to find a way to, to support everybody. Mm-hmm. you know bands need to get paid
0: yeah I, absolutely and um yeah i mean it's just uh i don't know it's just it's just crazy i'm just trying to think of uh different ways that this sort of could be like navigated as far as any sort of return to to shows um I wanted to go just a little bit back as far as um, the, the once with uh, the, the ballroom and lounge um, and the Cuisina and, and Locale. Uh, so what year did that did that start?
1: Cuisina Locale was founded in 2005. And okay. it's, a, um, it's a pop-up food thing. I used to do these things called once, one night culinary events that were pop-up dinner parties, 10 courses all local, plated, and they would be in all kinds of different places all over the place. Like I did them in Portland, Oregon and New York and Martha's Vineyard. And um, that's what Cuisine on Locale did. So Cuisine on Locale was personal chefing and then these like pop-up food experiences. And it moved from kitchen to kitchen over the course of several years. And then we, I found this kitchen in an event space in Somerville in 2000 and I think it was 14 we moved in and the idea was that I wanted to do these pop-up food events but for a variety of reasons it wasn't a good space for it including that it didn't have parking and also even though it was supposed to and also that there were these very 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 loud churches in the building and they were so loud that they drowned out the things that we wanted to do when we were doing kind of quieter things. So we started to do loud things because they were so loud that we couldn't do like lectures or weddings or dinner parties, like the kinds of things I had wanted to do. So it was sort of like a backwards thing that we became a rock club.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I didn't realize that um, that was the origins, the space.
1: I know, it's weird. (laughs)
0: um well yeah no i mean it, and it worked out uh at least with like the uh there was there's been a lot of great shows there over the year i think the first one i saw was in september of 2014 it was uh, the new england underground music fest from uh boston hassle mm-hmm. sure.
1: yeah the hassle fest
0: it was actually a different one although they did do I did see the Hasslefest Mm -hmm. there, um, and other years, but it was the, it was like a New England underground music fest. Um, I'm trying to think who played that year. Uh, I'm, I think Black Puss Providence, the, one of the guys from lightning ball played, um, or that, that one or a different one, but, um, I I'm sure there's, I mean, there's so many, so many events that it's, uh, you know, it's hard, hard to keep track of all of them, especially. I'm, I'm sure from from your perspective that it, it's uh, there's so many events that it you know it's uh, it's hard to you know know all of them. Of course. Um,
1: I love those festival shows.
0: Yeah, maybe, me me too. What uh, thing I, I really like too is the back and forth
1: between yeah, the multiple balls stages, and the lounge. So I got to yeah. tell you, I have a total dream of doing this outside this summer, kind of mm. like the Boston Calling model, where you have a stage at either end of a big parking lot, and that way there's no downtime between the bands.
0: Yeah, that would be great. Back
1: and forth and back and forth, and then you just have music all the time, and That's there's perfect. no downtime. So you can get more bands in.
2: It's exactly. hard work.
1: Those, those shows are hard work, those festival-style shows, but I love them. I absolutely love them.
2: Yeah. And I must, like going to them. Yeah.
1: I mean, I actually, I'm probably the only person that will admit that I really like Boston Calling because I could see so many different things. And I really like that. Even though I know it was really commercial and shit. I like that I would get turned on to a bunch of bands that I wouldn't expect to hear. I like festivals. Well, that's very Not- fair. Yeah,
2: we love festivals too.
1: But um. I loved the festivals we did Fuzz fest I love
0: oh yeah that. of course
1: and yeah. I loved hasslefest and I you know the the rock and roll Rumble is basically a festival and it's mm-hmm. I used to get turned on through all of these I used to get turned on to so many new bands and I just love that that because that's the reason to do it you know
0: absolutely uh, any any newer bands that you've been really um, really turned on? like recently
1: oh gosh or
0: like local stuff
1: well so yeah i mean all the time honestly um we do stuff on the virtual venue all the time that i'm like whoa that's great i just sort of accidentally heard some new lost dog stuff that's gorgeous absolutely gorgeous do you know lost dog
0: no no i don't
1: really really good um, I'm trying to remember this woman's name. Linda. I can't remember her name right now. I mean, I, I feel like I hear stuff a lot just, you know, like scrolling around and listening. I'm on a lot of like Facebook groups and stuff, um, but it's not, it's not as easy to, um, to hear new music it's it's not as easy because i'm i'm not in the venue right so you know not seeing nearly as much as as i would be seeing, if it's true because if we do a show i don't know maybe i get like some new some turned on to some new bands like maybe once or twice a month instead of like every day not right. that I would see a band I totally loved every single day, but I used to see a lot of bands I loved. And sometimes I'd be really surprised.
0: Yeah, and also, too, it's like the the live experience, too. Sometimes, at least I, I feel like for me, sometimes, too, where it's like you see a band live, and it, it just it has a different effect than, than oh, hearing yeah. recordings, too. So, Well,
1: I mean, there's no question in my mind... A big part of seeing a live show has to do with how you move during that show if you want to call it dancing or whatever it is but i i think that like physical feeling of a show and the physical feeling of the music is really really important and um it's really not the same to listen to something recorded for me as you know standing in a room and moving with it so I miss that a lot because I think that you that for me, like I'll connect with bands that way in a way that now I don't. But I really I I actually really enjoy listening to bands virtually play virtually because you can really hear them, which mm. is cool. So you I don't know. They both have their merits, but I miss dancing. I like to dance. I like right. to dance in dark rooms where nobody can see me.
2: Mm. Uh, is that a lyric? I feel like that's a good line.
1: <laughs> nope, that's just me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, you could make that and do it. You can make that a lyric. I don't.
1: It's all yours. You can have it.
0: <laughs> C- credit to JJ Johnson.
1: There you go. I want. I want a. Uh, I want a liner credit. <laughs> I want to. Yeah, up. no, I feel like
0: that's like a
2: that's like a hit song waiting to happen. Honestly. There you
1: go. All right, I want Thanks points
2: for the permission.
1: <laughs> you got it. No problem.
2: <laughs> but yeah, no, do we, I know what you mean. It's. I'm just trying to fathom uh, how how stressful was it, um, just to sort of manage everything, or is that sort of something that you just enjoy the.
1: Um. I, I can't even like so stressful you can't even imagine because um, there's a million moving pieces all the time. And I worried a lot about the safety of people there um, and about the experience that they had and how they were being treated and I mean, everything, like there's so much to worry about <laughs> all the time. There's always so much, yeah. so pretty stressful, pretty, pretty stressful. Um, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm one of those people that kind of rushes into things and doesn't always think through how it's gonna go and kind of makes it up on the fly. So sometimes I don't realize I'm doing something really stressful until I'm already halfway through it. Mm. It's like, oh, this is kind of hard. I don't know, but yeah. I think very stressful.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would imagine it looks like it's a pretty massive undertaking, just running the venue and, and the catering company and, and everything. Um, so, I mean, this, yeah. this is a pretty like loaded sort of general, I guess, question, but- Oh, good, but go on. <laughs> off of that sort of t- general, topic I'd, you know let's say what, what do you think really like goes into making a, a great venue
1: i don't know um i think venues the better than ven- the best venues are all about community they're places that people feel safe or satisfied in some way and maybe they don't want to feel safe like maybe that's even part of a venue is they feel danger like they're in danger i don't know um But no matter what, it has to do with community and paying attention to your audience so that you're doing the things that they want and um, providing a space that is satisfying to them. And so you have to be in touch with your audience or you're not gonna be able to give them what they want. So I think the best venues are very in touch. And definitely when you look at like when people sentimentalize about venues, a lot of times they're the places where the owner was actually physically there talking to them being a part of it you know community spaces where you feel like you're noticed and you're you belong there
0: right yeah no i mean yeah i i definitely agree and, and
1: uh you have good sound you gotta have a good sound
0: hmm yeah no, that's that's true
1: you got to, you got to make your sound work. Some, it takes a while, but you got to make it work.
2: Yeah. Well, what's interesting is that, you know, there was such a, a mixture, I'm sure you noticed between, you know, you had the local people that the local music that brought out people that would kind of go to that stuff. And then you had the bigger events where maybe people weren't, as familiar with that but to kind of have to have that great combination going which I think maybe is such a awesome thing with an independent venue like yourself as opposed to say something like the Brighton Music Hall or anything like that where maybe the local wasn't as important as the national bigger names kind of thing so
1: there's a there's a really unfortunate thing that has happened in Boston in particular. And I, I don't think it's true as much in a lot of other cities. I think that Boston mm. in particular, and it has to do with the fact that it's one of the most expensive cities in the country. Um, property is very, very expensive. Rent is very expensive. Every The tax, like everything is expensive here. And there's a lot of pressure on venues. We had seven licenses, seven Whoa. that we had to maintain. We had to pay to maintain them we had to apply to maintain them it's like a lot of work to maintain seven licenses and th- it becomes punitive and more and more difficult so i think one of the problems in boston is you have a lot of venues that are dominated by live nation or bowery these mm. major major companies those companies have zero flexibility they book a tour, they book, you know, this band is coming from Texas and they're playing all the Bowery rooms all over the country and nobody gets added, no local bands. Mm. Budget for it, there's nobody to approve it. It's just this band, they show up, they load in, they play the show, they're done, that's it. That's what happens on that show. And so the independent venues have the ability to book local bands but there's not a lot of independent venues because it's really bloody expensive and stressful to run a venue and there's no support for that. Like, it's not like cities have really shown in any particular way that the venues are important to them. If anything, they make it difficult. So I think, anyway, you get my point.
2: I appreciate that. I think there
1: would be more local bands if there were more independent venues, but there's not very many independent venues and the big venues don't book local bands. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's why.
0: Okay. And this is something you feel like you've seen just happen a lot more over time in Boston?
1: Yeah. I mean, Boston was full of independent venues in the 80s. Right. full of them tons and tons of them the thing that's funny is that don law was very active then and then became live nation you know became crossroads which became live nation so it's actually the same guy in a lot of ways that it's been but there used to be a lot of independent venues all over the boston area and now there isn't yeah and pushed out because it's very 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 expensive to operate it's right prohibitively expensive you just you can't sell enough beer to to survive and you don't really make money on ticket sales like you can that's sort of like it's like playing the lottery right if you're booking shows in-house and you're making guarantees on the bands the odds are that you're going to kind of come out even hopefully if you're doing a really good job booking but you're not going to sell out every show and some shows aren't going to sell at all. So you're always kind of it's like gambling booking shows. Mm, it really lot, is. There's yeah. no money in it.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's funny. I have cuz yeah, like we you know, we don't run a venue, but we have booked shows just like independently and and I have described that before to people that it really is like gambling. You really don't know, no. you know, even on paper and like we talked to Friend Jason, uh, you mentioned, like the fuzzable the fuzz fest.
1: Yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah. He said before too, as well, where it's like he's like some of the bills. They on on like you know yeah, on the surface, it looks like oh wow, this band came out and this band, and this touring band, and he's like yeah, and fifteen people were there, you know, and it may so even yeah, sometimes. You know what? I, mean,
1: <laughs> I saw I saw Nirvana play at Green Street Station in front of like. Eleven people. Wow! Like you just these this happens, right? Bands, you know, some nights don't work, some nights do work, some nights don't work. Like you hope that you hope that you're going to average on the better side of things working, but it's almost like, I mean, obviously some things are going to be more of a shoe in and. One of my favorite things to do is shows like we were talking about, like festivals or shows that are celebrations of things like record mm. parties, because it, it, there's a better chance of people of people being at those shows.
2: <laughs> it's, Thank yeah. you for saying that. But, yeah.
1: Um, you know, the thing with festivals, though, is that it's really hard on the bands because a lot of times they have short sets and they don't get paid very much because there's so many of them. Right. So you have to find a way to balance that out. And obviously, you know, I very strongly do not believe in pay to play. Right. So you have to find a way to make it worth it for everybody.
0: You know, with this sort of the, with the lack of independent venues right now in Boston and sort of the direction it's been going, going in, um, where, where do you see or like, what what can be done, especially now in this sort of transitional period where we're we're just gonna be coming. We haven't. Even, we're still. In the, we're not. We're in the virtual world as far as shows, and we're just starting to get back into.
1: you know, I, slow I, again. There must be shows going on that we don't know about, right? There must I be. I've that. Yeah. I, there sure has that. to be. There has to be down under bridges and like Basements right. and in Lynn. Like there's shows going on. I just I know there is. There must be. But I'm sure um, I, I don't think there should be. I think it's premature. Right. I, I really do. I think it's premature. I think that, you know, once once we get hit more, like a lot more people being vaccinated, that's better. But right now I think it's premature. Um I I don't know, you know, I keep thinking like, wow, this is a great opportunity for people to open venues. Mm. Right. Because there's you know, a lot of venues have closed and there's space and this is a great time for people to open venues. But then I'm like, or it's a really bad idea because the economy is in all kinds of trouble and people are not gonna flock out again and everything's gonna be really shaky. And like, it could go either way, but right. the majors are going to continue to dominate the landscape in Boston. Like they really, at this point, they have a lot of control and there's gonna have to be some fundamental changes to support independent venues. Because if like, if somebody comes in and he's like, I've got $5 million, I'm gonna throw behind a venue. Like, why would they do that? It, it would be a bad investment right now because the the margins are so tight. You know, anybody who's building a venue, like, I, I want to rebuild my venue because I love my venue and because I've given basically my entire life to supporting performing arts, right? Like that's what I do. I produce performing arts. So it's important to me and I'm going to make it work and I'm going to figure it out, but it's not like I was ever getting rich. Right. You know? <laughs> like, sure. it's, not, it's not like somebody's going to come along and be like, I've got $5 million and I want to turn it into 10. So I'm going to invest in an independent nightclub.
0: <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, yeah no, no. it's
1: a bad bet <laughs> so so what's gonna happen I don't know because I don't I don't see a proliferation of venues because I don't think it's a good investment but at the same time there's going to people to be people who do it for love and I hope that there's a few and I hope that some of our venues do come back like the jungle is definitely going to come back they're planning on coming back the burn is. Passim, hopefully Great Scott will find a new space and open before too long. Yeah. Um, I think that we will, I don't see why O'Brien's wouldn't open or um, I think Midway has been recording all, all along. So I think that a lot of our independent venues are going to return, but there mm-hmm. wasn't enough to begin with.
0: Right, <laughs> yeah. So,
1: you know, we lost a few, including once, which was one of the only ones of its size, so we don't have i don't even know is there anything else that size that's independent i don't know
0: right yeah i don't think so and all ages too and yeah. um we that's just a gotta big do
1: thing. it again we gotta do it again
0: yep yeah. do you sense there could be a,
2: any collaboration with places that you would not typically think of as being venues you know non-traditional venues i'm not sure what that would would entail maybe
1: i think that that happens all the time like look at hong kong true Mm. you know i mean i think that that people are entrepreneurs are always looking for ways to to increase their revenue so they're always looking for partnerships Mm. and, and cooperations and things like that so yes i do think we'll see that but i don't think that's unusual that's true I'm really there's there's spaces that i'm really interested in that are established spaces that would definitely be situations where i'd go in and be like hey okay let's figure this out let's make something work we'll see we'll see. what oh, awesome. it's also possible, I know this sounds really crazy but just walk with me here for a second it's actually possible that once we'll end up in new construction, and I know that sounds crazy but. If we can end up in a space that we can really design to suit our needs that has very high ceilings, so we can have aerialists and uh, wrestling and has toilets that work and parking, like, I kind of have recently I've been do, do 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 neither of you probably remember the channel. There was this amazing venue. Uh,
0: I mean I know I've heard about it. And yeah, I've seen videos and stuff like
1: it was huge. Stuff. It was just a big open warehouse. I'd love to have a space like that.
0: Yeah. It, I was it's
1: just so flexible. There's so much you can right. do in a space like that.
0: I was um just looking into it. I was surprised at just how like how big how big it was. Massive.
1: Um, massive. Yeah. It was so cool it was a massive warehouse yeah that's so wild like i kind of i think it, it i i don't think what once will be i don't think it will be what it was like i don't think it necessarily is going to be another old event space like that it might be completely different which is good mm. keep everybody on their toes yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely
2: maybe maybe what we need is some sort of venue not necessarily venue but sort of artistic tax credit something along those lines that will kind of incentivize incentivize these entrepreneurial people like yourself that might not have this this gigantic capital but have that drive to do something
1: sure wouldn't it be cool if there was a mass creative tax break? That would be great.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of ways that, that things like that could be done that would help um, venues. You know, something as simple as giving the landlord a tax break so that they can then turn around and give the venue a break.
2: Mm, sir. Oh, yeah, certainly. So that, yeah. yeah
1: that's like one way if, if you could take some pressure off the landlords a little bit so that they could then like, if they get some kind of artistic credit so that it then can trickle down to the, to mm-hmm. the, venue. definitely. I mean, taxes are a killer. Licensing is a killer rent in this area is off the chain. That's why I think like, is there a way to work with the landlords where you're benefiting the landlord? Right. In some way? Because then the landlord maybe can charge a little bit less in rent, but it's I didn't, we, last summer, last July, I turned on the air conditioning at once for three hours and the bill was $775. Oh my gosh. Because things are so crazy. The way that the world is structured is so crazy that if you turn on something that draws a certain amount of electricity and they could never quite explain to me what that number was or what it meant, Um it automatically calls for all the electricity that you use the prior year at the same time. So because we were running the very expensive air conditioning through the prior July, they basically just assumed that we would need all that electricity again. Wow. But the our electric bills in the summer for the whole space were like $3,000. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at like, you know, the insurance. Oh my God. The insurance is so (laughs) expensive. It's all so expensive. It's just, you know, for if you're trying to, which we never, I've never had like a partner or investors or anything. So it was always very bootstrap. So you guys. Yeah, it's very, very
2: admirable. Keep doing what you're doing. I don't
1: know about. I might just be dumb. know
0: that admirable no we definitely uh appreciate what you're what you're doing and
1: uh well i know this sounds really cliche but i appreciate you because it doesn't matter what i'm doing if nobody wants to see it
0: Hmm. Uh, i guess that's i mean it it is thing is i I think uh, yeah i mean i agree with you're saying that i think that it's all we all play a part that like you I mean yeah the, there needs to be a venue needs to be someone you know booking the bands I mean needs to be of course bands and needs to be people to come out to see the bands and you know it all it all does work you know together it's and you know
1: ecosystem
0: <laughs> I've been thinking of that
2: it's oh, a good word
1: um, it is it's a really important thing and you know ecosystems are important right like it, it, the world relies on ecosystems that things feed each other and they support each other. And it's it's only natural that that's really really is. true in the way that people interact. And people like music. They, yeah. you know, they like to come together in these ways. Oh, um, I miss it. Don't you miss it so much? Particularly now. Know.
0: Talking oh. about it. Yeah.
1: It. And you know what I really miss? The most is um the people that i would see a lot and i thought of them as friends and like i know their names and i know their faces but i i don't know them well enough to do something with them socially but when i would see them at the club like i knew them well enough to ask them how they were doing or like we'd joke around or we'd hang out or we'd like talk about something we'd done recently or a show so i had these friendships with people but they weren't close enough friendships for me to be like if I were to get in touch with all of those people they'd probably be like you're creepy why are you reaching out to me but I miss seeing those people
0: no I I know exactly what you what you mean uh I mean it's just I think even just being in a music scene it, it would be sort of impossible to like hang out with everyone that you see at a show but when you're at a show you're all there hanging out and yeah. enjoying the show, or whatever, you know, playing or working, the show, whatever is going on. But everyone's there together.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah. I, I miss that as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's um, some people in particular that I really like. Like, um, there's this great local musician named Doug McCormick, and oh, I know him. I just, I, I just yeah. adore Doug McCormick, and I haven't seen Doug McCormick in over a year. But I would see him all the time. Like he would be at the venue all the time. He was somebody I saw regularly. And it's so weird to not, I am in mean, touch with him on Facebook, but like I would see him all the time. And sometimes we'd have very deep conversations. Yeah. It just, you know, just, I don't know. I miss, I miss those friends. I miss my club friends, my venue friends. Yeah, it's gonna totally. be weird to back. I wonder what it'll be like. Like, what'll it feel like to be around people again? I wonder if we're all so used to being alone that it's going to be weird.
0: I
2: thought of that. I think it'll feel great.
1: Yeah, yeah. everyone's just gonna
2: be so happy. Yeah, that might be. Maybe that's utopian.
1: (laughs) It's better than dystopian, which is where we are now. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I yeah I I feel like it 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 will be like. Yeah, we were were talking about this the other day with our friend, Brian. And I I feel like if if you made like the way you're talking about, like Doug, if if you made some sort of relationship or friendship with someone, even if like a number of years have gone by, you just kind of like when you see them again, I feel like if you pick up right where you left, you know, that's that's how I feel, at least based on when I when there's been other stretches of time and I haven't seen someone and then they come back, it just i don't know it feels that way sometimes
1: Cool. so
0: I, ho- I hope that's what it's gonna be like yep um well yeah i really uh again we really appreciate you giving us uh, your time jj um, sure. is there anything else yeah, you'd like to share uh
1: buy local music on Those band camp days when they give all the money to the musicians.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think there's another one coming up.
1: Uh, They're on Fridays usually. Yeah. Coming up. okay. buy lots of local music on band camp Fridays. And buy lots of political t-shirts and wear them. Mm. Uh, What else? Birds aren't real. i don't know i i actually said something about birds aren't real recently and somebody got really upset about it about like if you propagate conspiracy theories like that then all the wackos are gonna believe it and i was like it's funny it's funny it's funny funny. we're not even allowed to have fun anymore (laughs) damn
2: it well once once pops up again
1: all the fun
0: exactly
1: yeah well become a patron join the once patreon mm, start yeah. at two dollars a month you know stuff like that watch all our shows subscribe subscribe to our youtube channel <laughs> please subscribe to our youtube channel on. we're trying to get uh, to a thousand we're at like 912
2: oh you got it
1: yeah it's called oh, the once virtual venue go subscribe please <laughs> yeah Thanks you all.
0: No, thank you yeah, so no much.. Thank you. thank you for uh, all your life's work. Your, it's been it's been a great life. Yeah, it's been exactly. great life. I, mean,
1: I did it all for you.
0: <laughs> right on <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right, take care. Thank you.
1: the work you're doing. Thanks.